This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's for row on a bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out. A bad seat, a broken eight, a bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad items, bad taste, bad law, bad dude, bad breath, bad attention, bad vibes. We are live in the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios in New York City. Millions of Americans financed the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you too. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. People dressed in plastic bags, directed traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do it. All my friends that come around, flats of flutter, party up, rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess, this tides of tatter, my brain splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake out. Are you with us tonight from New York? All right, 855-212-4227 is the number to get on the bench. Brought to you by Geico. Great news. You can save a bunch of money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. The governor will join us at 1020 East, Tim Brando of Fox Sports. He called Michigan Creighton tonight. The Wolverines won it at Chrysler by 10. And we'll talk college football, the new polls out. We'll get into that in a minute. Brian Geltziler, the young Gelt militia, is back on the bench tonight at 1040 East, 740 West. So both in the first hour on the bench tonight. The newest poll is out. LSU jumps to number one because they beat Alabama, followed by Ohio State 2, Clemson 3, and Georgia 4. Alabama's 5, and followed by Oregon, Utah. Should Bama be fourth? Instead of Georgia, well, I have more of a problem with, uh, to be honest with you, I get how I, I get how they jump because they beat Alabama. I, I get that. I'm, I'm fairly comfortable with that. As long as when they beat Penn State and Michigan, they go to number one. Because Alabama doesn't have any hard games left. They got Auburn. That's, the, that's all that's left. So th- they get no penalty. Basically at all. And then LSU jumps over Ohio State, who won by 60. I mean, what is it their fault they won by 60? They played a Big Ten game and won by 60 or whatever it was. And then they drop because you beat Alabama, you jump them. Well, then you should jump them when you beat Penn State and Michigan. Yeah, but LSU also is going to have two hard games left as well. So I don't have a problem with LSU being one step ahead of Ohio State. I really don't. Uh, they They've got some good wins this year, plus they just beat Alabama on Saturday. I don't think that that's the issue here at all. I mean, look, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, those three teams win out. They're all going to be in the playoff. I mean, it's just it's that simple. I think from four on is where it it gets dicey and, get, and gets, dicey. It gets tricky. The last uh, unless spot. you think that one of those three teams is going to lose a game. I, I, I mean, who knows? I don't think Clemson's losing. Clemson's not going to lose a game. I don't think. I don't. I think Georgia could lose this week. That would definitely. That would really open a door for Alabama. 
Yeah, and then uh, no matter what, you're telling me no matter what, then Oregon and Utah are getting screwed no matter what. Well, here's where it's going to be and hard Minnesota for— Minnesota gets screwed. Well, Minnesota's not going to get screwed. Here's why. Minnesota is another team that they win out and they will be in the playoff. Because if they win their last three games and they're 12-0, and they are going to play Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. Right. If they beat Ohio State— Guaranteed, they will it. be in the playoff. So, which would be great for college football. They hold their own destiny. That's why I don't have a problem with where Minnesota is either. I think that would be great for college football. I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they can beat Ohio State. I don't either. Can they get to the game undefeated? We I, said it last listen, night. They got to go to Iowa this week. That's their biggest nightmare right and, there. And, they, and and playing Wisconsin the last game at home is is a really tough game too. Could you see them losing this week? I could see them losing this week or the Wisconsin game. Yeah, in the last game, but that's in Minnesota. It is. But I think I don't think Wisconsin's afraid of them. But that's why I, I don't have a problem with Minnesota. They hold their own destiny. They went out, they will be in. It's the teams that don't hold their own destiny that's dicey. Like if the win if Oregon or Utah went out and they beat the other one in the Pac twelve title game and, and they have one loss and they're twelve and one, they're not getting in over one loss Alabama. No. They're they're not. And that's I don't know if that's right. We've been through this every year. You know, I, it, they get in every year, no matter what, and then these other teams have a 12 and one season and get shafted. I think it's. I think after at some point you have to give them a break and quit giving it to Alabama every time. It's just every year. It's like they got a, uh, like they got a timeshare on one of the spots. Right. They only dropped to number four for their uh, five for their loss. Penn State dropped all the way to nine with their loss. So how is it one drops like eight, 70 spots, one drops three? You lost to an undefeated team. That's why they shouldn't have dropped that far. Because Alabama lost to a great team, and Penn State lost to a, an undefeated team. Right, and that team should be up higher. I agree with them. And I mean, I don't care if, yes, they if the path works the way it should, they should be able to get there. They still should not be behind Utah and Oregon, who both have a loss. The same way that Baylor should not be behind two teams that have two losses. Yeah, it's unbelievable to me the shafting of Baylor and those two those teams with two losses ahead of a team that has no losses that plays in the uh, Big Twelve. That's crazy. Well, they're another team. They're going to get their crack this week, right? Right? They're going to they're going to play Oklahoma this week. They beat Oklahoma on Saturday. They ain't going to be in. The, they're going to be in the in, top ten in Waco. Yep, they go beat Oklahoma. You'll move up. Huge upset tonight in college basketball is number one Kentucky. Falls at home to Evansville, the Purple Aces. With former Wildcat Walter McCartney, <laughs> the coach. He's the coach? Yeah. Wildcats were 25-point favorites. Everybody lost on that game, including me. NFL teams were invited today to a private workout for Colin Kaepernick this Saturday, which will include on-field work and interviews in hopes of getting back in the league. Will teams show up on Saturday? My guess is, yes, a bunch of them. I'm already seeing tweets from guys around the league who cover the game who have talked to, you know, the anonymous scouts and front office personnel that say the whole entire thing is just a joke. That it's just, you know. It's just the NFL, you know, trying to wipe their hands of all the blame. Oh, the NFL is trying to keep you out. We'll say, hey, well, we're arranging something for you. We're trying to get you back in the league. They just don't want to sign you. Meanwhile, they want it on a Tuesday. The NFL's like, no, you come this Saturday. It's yeah. just all a sham. This is from Mike Freeman. Uh, he tweeted this. NFC West team official on the Kaepernick workout this weekend. Quote, this entire thing is a sham. The NFL is full of Shaq. It's a show, but he should do it because some of us are sincere. Some of us see him for what he is, a good man. End quote. So teams are probably going to show up, like you say, but I don't think that they 
uh, respect the entire thing. That's crazy. Uh, the uh, that's a big story though that he's uh, doing it and that they're gonna like do it in Atlanta and have it. Right. I mean, and he's already tweeted, "I'm ready to go. I've been waiting for this opportunity. Hope to see all the coaches and GMs there." Like he's all uh, fired go. up. Well, what do you think, the fans? Do you think he'll get a job in the NFL? Uh, the Pacers won 11-85 all over the Thunder tonight in Indy. They blew them out. T.J. Warren had 23 for Indy. The Cavs lose in Philly by just one. Embiid, 27 and 16 boards. Tristan Thompson, 17 and 12. Cavs giving the Sixers fits tonight. Heat over the Pistons, 117-108 in Miami. They're 7-3 and three now. Jimmy Butler had 20 and 13 dimes. Kings lead the Blazers out of the gate, 6-4 in Sacktown. No De'Aaron Fox in that game. Hockey, the Penguins just lost to the Rangers in overtime. Kiko Kaka with the game winner, I believe, in the extra session. How about the Bruins? They were up 4-0 tonight at home against the Florida Panthers, and they lost 5-4. Talk about uh, letting the foot off the gas. I mean, how do you blow that game? Seriously. I mean, honestly, you're up 4-0 on your home ice. You're the best team in the league. How do you lose that game? Canadians lead the uh, Jackets. I I think they just beat them 3-2 in a shootout. And then uh, Ducks, Wings are scoreless in the first in Anaheim on the pond. Predators, Canucks, scoreless in Vancouver in the first. Avs lead in Ferelepeg, 3-0 over the Jets in the third with 12 minutes left. And Coyotes, Blues in St. Louis, 2-2 in the third with 12 minutes left. Later, Wild Kings in la-la-la-la Lipstick City. And Oilers, Sharks in San Jose. We'll get you caught up on all the college basketball later. The governor's up first from Ann Arbor where he lost his luggage. We'll find out where he got his uh, blazer and tie for the game tonight with Raftery calling the Wolverines win over Creighton on the bench. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. All right, let's go to Ann Arbor where uh, the governor lost his luggage, uh, the airline, and he had to go out and get a new blazer and tie today. Where did you snag the coat and tie to, to work with Raftery tonight? Where did you get that last second? <laughs> Actually, I thought I was going to have to go, but right as I was leaving the lobby to head to your Joseph A. Bank of Ann Arbor, (laughs) (laughs) the the luggage showed up. And so now I had to change clothes at Chrysler Arena because I'd already been kicked out of the hotel. You know, they couldn't keep me in the hotel. So uh, by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin and sky priority miles, I guess, uh, I got I got the favor of actually getting my luggage just in the nick of time, Scotty. All right, so you're livid about uh, Baylor. You had Georgia 10th this week, and they somehow got the uh, spot in, in tonight's playoff rankings. <laughs> well, if you saw my piece that uh, I do each week, I actually tape them right on, uh, on Saturdays from the booth uh, at the end of the games because especially if I'm doing a night game as I did this past week, in Wisconsin, I will do again in Utah this week. I sort of put the you know the landscape of college football and the world of Timmy B on display in a little something we call on Brando. Foxsports.com puts it out, and uh, 
I, in turn, will put it on my different platforms on um, Instagram and, and Twitter. And, uh, you know, this is sort of what happened tonight is a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, I predicted on that piece that if LSU thinks for one minute they're through with Alabama, think again that Alabama privilege is always there. In fact, the entire college football playoff is about nothing but privilege to the brand names. And this is yet another example. And, and when I say brand names, you know, Alabama thinks they live on, a, on an island or their fans do. They think that um, that they're the only ones that feel the wrath of my truth. But, no, there's a lot more to it. Georgia is a brand, and they are part of the pure playoff privilege. They lost at home to South Carolina, okay, with a third-string quarterback, quarterbacking South Carolina, and managed to lose. Uh, and, and apparently that's not a problem if you happen to be Georgia. Uh, Baylor has a hard time beating a 500 TCU team that has a pretty good defense, and because TCU is 4-4 four and four and they play in the Big 12, evidently that's a problem for Baylor because they can't sniff the top 10. They might as well rename themselves UCF and join the American Conference. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really? Unbelievable. I'm with you. The, the, it, it's contrived transparency where uh, the head of the committee, Mullins, who's now the, the pork in the rat hole and has to show up and talk instead of Jeff Long or whoever was there before him, you know, the athletic director at Oregon, he's the guy that has to go out and make a fool out of himself, talking out of both sides of his mouth every time they have one of these dog and pony shows on ESPN on Tuesday nights say one thing about one team, totally contradict himself when talking about another team. The eye the test works with one team, but it doesn't work with another. Okay? The stat that he was giving about Minnesota's their schedule would be the same stat that you could also apply to Alabama, but there's, a, there's one difference. Minnesota's not Alabama, and Alabama is not Minnesota. I mean, Scott, this thing is as corrupt a process as any we've seen in in American sports, period. It is so far worse than the BCS, I can't even begin to tell you. You're right. And the, and the, and the way these guys are enabled by our business, filled with media cronies who will go out all week long and change their tune depending upon what they're told by those people they're in business with might be the direction the committee is going in is beneath contempt. Uh, do you recall how everyone was talking prior to the Alabama LSU game? And I'm talking about significant people in our business, people I respect. Okay. We're talking about, well, you know, Alabama's non-conference schedule this year is so bad. It's so weak. You know, I, I think this is a must win for them. You know, I, I really don't believe, Alabama can afford to lose this game to LSU. Do you remember that conversation before yes, the game was played? Of course. Well, well, since that game was played, every one of those guys, every one of them, have come out and said, well, you know, Alabama, I mean, when you look at the eye test, are there really four teams better than Alabama? Same people, Scott. Same people. They get their marching orders, and they move forward, and they're not going to go after the people that are in play. And apparently everybody else in the media just allows it to happen. Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not playing that game. Okay? 
if it's corrupt, it's corrupt. If you're applying it to one team, you have to apply it to another team. It doesn't matter who Clemson plays. Clemson's in because they're one of the pure playoff privileges. And by the way, it doesn't matter that, you know, I'm not going to give Clemson a hard time because they're in a god-awful league. It's not their fault the ACC stinks out loud. But the truth is, Clemson does play two teams in their non-conference out of the SEC. Now, South Carolina's a rival. They play them every year. But it was Clemson's choice to play Texas A&M. All right, they didn't have to play Texas A&M at home and home, but they did. So I'll give Clemson the nod for at least playing a, a, a credible non-conference opponent when they play them. Alabama didn't play anyone remotely similar to Texas A&M in another conference like Clemson did. And it doesn't matter because they're Alabama. <laughs> they can get away with it. I mean, Scott, something's got to be said and something should be done. But evidently nothing will be done, and we're going to be staring the barrel again of the same four teams that we always see, Georgia, Bama, some other SEC team, if they happen to beat Georgia in the SEC championship. If LSU runs the table and they beat Georgia, they'll be in. And Alabama doesn't have to play in the SEC title game, just like 2011 in the BCS, and they'll be in. You've got Alabama in the five hole. They don't have to play in the SEC title game. They'll just wait for Georgia or LSU to win that game, and then they'll be in the four hole. You might as well just say Alabama's number four right now. Okay? Right. Unless, of course, Auburn beats them in the Iron Bowl. Do you think Auburn Do you think Auburn can beat Georgia this week at all? I think Auburn can beat Georgia. I think Auburn is a better football team than Alabama. Do you think I – do, do you think I – do you think – Did you see Auburn's defense against LSU? Yeah. At LSU? Yeah. Hell of a lot better performance than the one Alabama put on right. at home in Tuscaloosa against Joe Burrow. Much better performance by Auburn. But – but, but Auburn is not Alabama. Let's not confuse the two. Right. Auburn's actually playing a tough uh, conference schedule. Look at who they had to play within their league, who they played outside their league, including Oregon. Do you think that that's a balanced schedule, what Auburn had to do in the Western Division to get through versus what Alabama has had to do because of the inequities in scheduling? It no. is a joke. It is a crock in every sense of the word. And they get away with it. Do you think because Iowa? Do you think Alabama? Do you think Iowa can uh, beat Minnesota in in uh, Carver or at uh, Connect? Oh sure, absolutely. It, it's listen. This is college football. The world is flat. <laughs> Minnesota could lose. Baylor could lose to Oklahoma. But this is supposed to be about what we've done, what we've seen to this point. How many times have they told us we wipe the slate clean every week? Let's take a look at the skins on the wall. Who's done what against whom? Minnesota beat Penn State. They're the number four team in the country. Are they not? Yes. They, they were the number four team in the country. Can you name for me one win that Alabama has that's as impressive as Minnesota's one win against Penn State? No. No. And where is Minnesota? Eight? Yeah. They, Alabama they... is fifth. Yeah. They fall a whopping two spots after getting their ass kicked for an entire half and then piling <laughs> on some stats and a courageous performance. I'll give Tua his, his due. He, he deserves it. Right. 
and they and, L, and LSU's defense did give up a lot of yards and some very big plays. But there was no denying that LSU went into Tuscaloosa and punched them in the mouth and won the game. And what's going to happen here? LSU, as it was the case in 2011 in that game of the century, they're going to have to beat Alabama twice. They're going to have to beat them again if Alabama wins out. And, and again, that's not what this is all about. What this is all about is where's the fairness to Minnesota, the fairness to Baylor. It's, it's not existent, does not exist. The stereotyping of the Big 12 is a no-defense league. If you've not seen Matt Rule's defense play, then you don't have the right to say that. I've seen them play, and they're good. In many respects, they've been much better than I think anyone would have ever anticipated and they've been playing without their best linebacker since he got hurt two weeks ago. And they've made the adjustments and have won every game. Uh, again, the great landscape of college football has been largely ignored because all the committee cares about are the four or five teams that they care about. It's all about branding. It's all about who brings in the big cash. It's all about cash cow and keeping this baby at four. God forbid we let somebody in. It's not part of the pure playoff privilege. This is a Sun Belt Invitational, and that's all that matters. A good old boy network run Sun Belt Invitational. Yeah, no doubt. Now, listen, tomorrow you're at uh, Columbus for Ohio State, Nova, and Hoops. That'll be awesome game with uh, the Buckeyes and Nova. And then Saturday you're in, uh, I believe, Salt, Salt Lake at, at, at Rice Eccles with Utes and UCLA. That should be awesome as well. I wish I had more time to talk to you, Governor. Great stuff tonight in Ann Arbor. I watched the game. It was a great game with Creighton. I thought uh, Howard's team looked pretty tough. I love the big man, the big forward, putting in 22 uh, yep. And I thought they looked pretty decent, all things being equal. Good game. I can't wait to see Ohio State and Nova. We'll catch up with you real soon. Way, Utah or Oregon on a neutral field right now would beat Alabama. Put that in your college football playoff peace pipe and smoke on it. Wow, the governor going off tonight. Tim Brando in Ann Arbor. Thanks a lot, Tim. I love you uh, for coming on the bench. You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench. Everybody's catching on. Everybody's doing it. PharrellOnTheBench.com is taking over the best site for picks, top shelf results, killer price, unequal football snags, hoops, a slam dunk, hockey winners, boxing, MMA, we're a knockout. Sign up today. Hide the money from your wife. PharrellOnTheBench.com. All the football is posted for this week's games. All of them. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Every game in both college and pro. Go get them. Not one week in college out of the 60s. And almost every one of them over 65%. Five of the 10 weeks in pro football in the 70 percentile bracket. That's insanity. So let's keep it rocking. All right. It's time for the Young Gelb Militia back again. On the bench in the biggest way possible, Brian Geldseidler of NBA Radio on SiriusXM and HoopsCritic.com. Young Geld, how you doing? I'm good, Pharrell. What's happening, dude? My man. So it's great to have you back on the bench. So tell me, uh, when Paul George uh, starts playing ball this week, uh, is that when we're finally going to see the Clippers be this alleged championship team that they've been selling us? Not yet. I think that's going to take some time. Listen, the Clippers are still learning each other. And as good as it looked early on with all this stuff revolving around Kawhi, it's just going to take time. 
Paul George is a high-usage player, Pharrell. When you inject him into this situation, a lot of other guys are going to have to adjust, and, and it's meaningful guys are going to have to adjust. Kawhi's going to have to adjust a little bit. You're going to have to get Montrez Harrell adjusting. Lou Williams is going to have to adjust. So, now, the Clippers are going to take some time to gel, but I – but with the way they play, with the depth they have, with the bench that they have, with these two guys as their two lead dogs and Leonard and George, they're going to be there come May and June. But this is not going; it's not going to gel immediately. They're going to look pretty much like all the other top contenders here before they have that opportunity to distinguish themselves and get beyond everybody. That's going to take some time. So I, you know, temper your expectations. I spoke to some people high up in the Clipper organization about a month ago and was told we're, we're not planning on, on having a fast start. We're planning on a slow start. And I think they're pretty surprised right now to be 7-3. and three. I don't think they figured with their schedule at the beginning of this season they would be in that kind of shape. With that said, it'll take some time, but they will hit their stride. So uh, with the Rockets and Gordon now going to be out uh, after surgery, he'll be out at least six weeks. And the fact that, you know, bottom line is Harden's up to his old tricks again, dropping whatever, 37 a game and and iso ball city. And then you got Westbrook. What's going to happen to this team? Is it it the same old story? Uh, Harden scores 40, 50 a night and they can't win in the playoffs? Yep. That's exactly what it's going to be. Because here's the problem with them, Pharrell. They this team as a unit they couldn't guard a crosswalk man they can't guard anything <laughs> for anybody man this is one of the worst defensive teams in the league and the thing is you'll look at some teams and say hey okay you know what you're struggling a little bit early on I don't see a path Pharrell I don't see how they get better defensively listen when you went one of the fans Russell Westbrook is by all objective measures a better player than Chris Paul at this stage of his career. But let me tell you what he's not than Chris Paul. That's a better defensive player. Okay? And they that's a loss for them. As much as and I beat up on Chris Paul pretty much more than anybody does. But the reality is is from a defensive standpoint, this was a really necessary player for them and what they did. And, and so you look at all that and then you realize, I mean, listen, Gordon has played horribly here and and he's not defending well either. I mean, right now you look at them defensive rating-wise, Pharrell. I mean, it, the Rockets, they're, they're 20th in the league. And, and quite frankly, one of the reasons they're 20th in the league is because they've played against some garbage competition. They're 7-3, and three, and they and listen, they're right now is 10 teams in the NBA with seven wins, and they look the worst out of all 10 of those teams. Give them credit. They keep putting W's on the board. Harden's doing it and, and doing his thing and playing great, but they, they're just not right. I don't see a path to them becoming – the, the defensive team they need to be to truly advance far in the playoffs. Brian Geldseiler with us, Young Geld Militia from NBA Radio and HoopsCritic.com. Uh, so I know you've been talking about the Knicks situation on the air. Uh, break it down for us, uh, what's happening uh, with the New York Knicks again tonight, getting their ass beat in Chicago. Uh, the embarrassing presser with Mills and Perry the other night on Sunday uh, the fallout from that, it's just a disaster. What's going to happen with Fisdale and all of the uh, heads of state there? Well, it, the, the one person that's really unhappy with what's happening is Jim Dolan. 
And Jim Dolan, who at times for an owner uh, over the course of his ownership tenure has been far too much of a fan. This is actually not a bad moment for Jim Dolan to be a little bit of a fan because he's realized pretty quickly what all other Knicks fans have realized, which is how ill-conceived this roster is, how clunky it is. And yes, you have some talent there, but the pieces do not fit. Somebody, somebody rubber stamped spending $65 million in salary this year on four power forwards. I, it's, who, who rubber stamped that? I don't know. I, it obviously, with Steve Mills or Scott Perry, but that was somebody's wonderful idea. So now James Dolan's watching this team and a team that doesn't fit, that's probably the most selfish team in the league with just poor passers on the floor. You have a point guard problem because Peyton's hurt and Dennis Smith missed, hasn't played well and when, and when he's played and missed a chunk of time because of death in the family. So you have all these things happening and Dolan's looking at this going, you know what? This is a garbage product that we're putting on the floor and you guys told me it was going to be something different. And Dolan Dolan, for once, all these years, Steve Mills has been with him for a long time, 20 years Steve Mills has been with him. And from what I understand, Jim Dolan is coming to the conclusion that Steve Mills is a fine guy to have within the organization, but he's probably not the best guy to run the basketball operation. So I, what you have here now is Mills, and, and if Mills is going to be out of the basketball operation, Perry goes right along with him. That's not going to that, – those two are tied at the hip as far as that owner's concerned. So now what's happening? Steve Mills realizes his job's in trouble. So let me see if I can throw somebody else in front of the bus first. They get hit by the bus, and maybe I can dodge it and buy myself a little bit of time. And that's what's happening with Dave Fisdale here. And Pearl, don't get me wrong. Dave Fisdale's not doing a really good job with this team. I really, you know, it, it's been a little less haphazard than it has been last year, but he, he's got to coach some better effort. He's got to go with some young guys. He's trying to be a little bit creative, but playing Barrett games at point guard because you're, you're so worried about trying to win these games is bad for R.J. Barrett. Everything this team does has to be a function of R.J. Barrett because he is the one guy they have who's a future star, and that really hasn't happened either. So I'm not, this is not a Fisdale commercial. With that said, he deserves a little bit more of an opportunity, but right now Mills is, for lack of a better term, on the balls of his backside here, man. He's in trouble, so he's going he's gonna to throw Fizz under the bus uh, to see if he can save himself here. By the way, I don't think Fizz gets saved, and I don't think Mills and Perry get saved, and I think you're going to see a brand-new Nick regime going into next offseason. Yeah, and maybe before that, uh, the Lakers uh, held off the uh, Suns tonight. I, I think they beat them. Uh, I think that game is a final, unless I'm crazy. Um, is that accurate? I, I don't know. Maybe it's not. Is there still a bunch of the fourth quarter left in that game? It is. There's hang still on, 11 on, minutes left. On. Yeah, it's still going on. 97-94 Lakers. still going on, yeah. So, not over. Uh, my question is, Davis's uh, shoulder, is it getting better, or is it going to become a problem and he's going to end up, uh, you know, getting cut? Uh, well, what, uh, Anthony Davis, you mean? Yeah, like having surgery. Has he got a real shoulder problem, or is it nothing? I don't think it's nothing, okay? Because let me tell you something. There's never no, It's never nothing with Anthony Davis, Pharrell. It's always something. So I don't think it's nothing. With that said, I also think he's played well enough here that he can play through it. So we'll see what happens, and we'll see what the hell happens over the course of the season. If they're going to cut him, he's going to be out of a while. And right now, that's the last thing they want to do at 7-2 and two here. And if they can manage to hold on tonight, they got a chance here to, to, to go to 8-2. and two. And they're the best defensive team in the league. And that's something that you can't downplay. And I'm going to tell you, I, when they hired Frank Vogel, you scratched your head a little bit, didn't work in Orlando, and then you placed – 
two guys who may be more accomplished NBA head coaches than Frank Vogel on his bench. And certainly one of them is in Lionel Hollins. And Jason Kidd has, a, you know, done a very good job as a coach, has done a bad job as a coach in the past as well. But two guys that are fancy themselves as head coaches next to Vogel on the bench. And Frank Vogel has instilled a defensive philosophy that he did in Indiana with this team, and everybody is bought in from the top down, and that includes LeBron James. How about so – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. So that, but the point being is that that, to me, rules the day over everything else for the Lakers right now, and if that can continue, they're going to be formidable. And do you think the job Lionel Hollins is doing – or Monty Williams is doing a, a great job with his son's team? Fantastic. Fantastic. And, and the thing you're, that we all forget pretty quickly, he's only without his second-best player right now. I mean, DeAndre Ayton is not nothing for real. He's a really good young player. Right. And they're doing, they're doing this with Baines playing center. Aaron Baines is having a big year of years right now. He's been phenomenal. Right. And, and I tell you something, I didn't think Rubio could fit in like this and do what he's done, him and Booker together. But, I, but I, I anticipated before the season began, and you know, Pharrell, I'll always say when I'm wrong, I anticipated some kind of early showdown between Monty Williams and Devin Booker that revolved around the fact that Devin Booker was not going to be as unselfish as Williams needed him to be. Devin Booker has bought into everything Monty Williams has sold, and it's been the, the key element in the Suns having this kind of success. Booker's been terrific, and he's part of the reason he's been terrific is because the guy doesn't need to come out and take 30 shots a game. All of a sudden, the Phoenix Suns, it's not about getting Devin Booker or 60 anymore. It's about this team playing as a team. And when Aiton walks back into this group, they're going to be really good. Listen, you look at what's kind of shaken out here with the Warriors collapsing. The Kings are not going to be a factor. The Blazers have certainly struggled plenty. You look at, at all this situ- at these situations, the Suns have a legit chance to be a playoff team when Aiton comes back. They really do. And so, and Monty Williams is an all-business guy, deserves all the credit. And I'm going to say this, okay? And this relates back to the Nixon Fisdale. Coaching in the NBA matters, Pharrell. Okay, you're looking at the job Monty Williams is doing with Phoenix. John Beeline lost let, lost tonight in, in Philly, and they went to four and six. The Cavaliers are playing good basketball, right. and they're playing team basketball. Big effort. There's not a mountain of talent there, but you've got veterans and a couple of young guys. He's doing a great job as the coach. He's got everybody buying in. The system is crisp. There's a philosophy there. Coaching matters in the NBA, and Fizz is not doing a great job with the Knicks right now, which is why he's probably going to end up not with right. a job. All right, uh, young gal, great stuff tonight, and uh, always love having you on the bench. Fantastic. I know the uh... – that, that game's Lakers 99-97 right now, and the Nets are up uh, 89-84 on the Jazz late. I'm watching Portland, Sacramento. Great NBA rack. I'll catch up with you soon, young gal. Thanks for coming on CBS Sports Radio. Always my pleasure, Pharrell. We'll do it again soon. Pal. All right, Take Brian care. Geldziler of NBA Radio on Sirius and Hoops Critic. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.